Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome to the art studio. You know, I went online today and I looked up my Kickstarter account. And I'm just freaking amazed at how many Kickstarters I backed, and I never got a damn thing from them. Not a damn thing. So I looked up, you know, the updates and the comments and crap and the different ones. And I guess these creators have just simply abandoned the projects, taken the money, and they're gone. It just blows my mind how many people pull this crap. They... I'm looking at a Kickstarter right here. I'm not going to name the person. I'm not going to name the Kickstarter. But for any of you that listen to this show, you may be able to put it together. Anyway, this Kickstarter happened back in February. The guy posted his last update in February. And now it's August, almost September. And he hasn't shipped a thing, done a thing, or anything. Just basically collected the money and gone. Now, I was lucky that I did not back this particular Kickstarter, but I know people who did. I feel like such a sucker with these Kickstarters. You know, I should know better than this. I don't... Like, I get how people get in over their heads and don't know what the hell they're doing. But at some point, you've got to take responsibility for yourself. At least admit the mistake. Contact the people back. Say, hey... You're not getting anything for your money. Something. I don't know if that would be better. Just make people angry. But ignoring them makes them angry. And not getting anything at all makes them angry. That's for sure. Anyway. It's a bizarre and weird thing. That. This happens. I mean. Do people intentionally rip folks off? Are they just super bad at planning and preparation and. You know, honest to God, you know, some of these Kickstarters are like, I'm going to make a book. And the son of a bitch never makes the book? I mean, you could print it yourself at Kinko's if you had to, right? To get it out there to people? Anyway, sorry for being so exasperated, but I'm looking at one of these Kickstarters I backed. It's, it's, It's going on two years late now. I backed it in 214. 214 supposed to deliver in 215 it's 216 now right halfway through and i'll bet if i was to look into you know the personal goings on of these people not only would it be totally clear what the hell happened to where the money went there'd be no questions is that this is probably a lifetime deal in other words most people that do nothing and get nothing done live on a raft of excuses mostly as to why that is they never assume responsibility they're just i hate to put it they're just huge a-holes who who don't take that responsibility and if you dare ask them like hey where's that thing you promised well then you're a troll then you're a bad guy because you dare to ask for the thing you paid for it's it's really freaking (laughs) mind-boggling 
I mean, do people have that much disconnection between reality and what happens? I know people make mistakes. For those that listen to the podcast here, you can go back and listen to the Jason Brubaker uh, thing he talks about Kickstarter. I don't know how many shows back it is now. But you can see that he grossly underestimated his Kickstarter, ended up having to pay $10,000 out of his own pocket to complete the shipping on his $100,000 plus Kickstarter. So even though he made 100000 he didn't really make a dime. He lost money on that Kickstarter. So it is easy enough to make a gross mistake dealing with big numbers and big projects and so on. I get it. And this must be just an eternal uh, mix of people who make that mistake. You know, they promise to make something, build something, do something, and they just completely underestimate what it's going to take, how long it's going to take, and they end up over their heads sinking. But I would like to have some statistics on this, on how many Kickstarters actually do not fulfill you know, collect the money and then just gone. I wonder how many fulfill but do it absolutely crappy. I've noticed a couple different Kickstarters I've followed where it seems like the people get half their stuff or not all their stuff and it just becomes a big mess. But anyway, I'm at a couple hundred bucks on Kickstarter for backing things that never get fulfilled. Just mind-blowing. And you know, Every project I brought to Kickstarter was already completed. It was either printed or in the queue ready to print, and I could literally have copies within the month to ship, deliver, and fulfill. But none of my Kickstarters ever made it. Someone told me that having a completed Kickstarter was a mistake, that you should have a someday what-if not done yet, but working on it kind of Kickstarter. And that, because it's all imagination and promises, will do better than something that actually physically exists. Isn't that mind-blowing? Isn't that, it seems like counterintuitive advice, but yet I think they may have something. Just going on and promising a bunch of crap seems to be the way to go. I don't know. I'm sure there's lots of other people like me who've gotten a bad taste in their mouth from backing Kickstarters that never went anywhere. The very last Kickstarter I backed actually got fulfilled within like a month and a half. And I have the book here. Scott Circland did a Kickstarter for his book. And hats off to him for fulfilling it fantastically, sending extras in the mail out with his stuff. Such a professional presentation. So I would back Scott Circlin again and again and again, no matter what project he did, you know, as long as I was interested, because I know for a fact he's absolutely going to fulfill. And other people who promise but never deliver, holy smokes. You know, for people like that, they should just stay with Patreon. Don't do a Kickstarter. Just do Patreon. Collect money every month because you're so awesome and people love you, which is awesome. And not, and not try to deliver or promise anything because it's in the delivery and the promising where the whole thing goes off the rails. Uh, it's just really crazy. Anyway, thanks for letting me vent my frustration about Kickstarter and for not getting my fulfillment stuff because it really is a deal. And 
I have to say, I've looked at several Kickstarters, and unless I absolutely know the people, like I knew who Scott Circlin was, I just can't risk it. I just can't roll the dice on throwing my money out there and never getting anything. It blows my mind how how many people do this and how irresponsible they are. And, and do they just not care? Or Anyway, I won't retrash everything I just said again because I just said it, but huh, I am mystified. Well, I'm getting settled into my new home. I'd like to reach out and thank the people that have written me letters over the last month. I have not written you all back personally and thanked you and written to you, but I want to sort of do a blanket thanking, uh, and I sure appreciate you taking your time to write to me and stuff. I've had a lot of personal stuff going on, but that's not an excuse. That's just reporting. And so I haven't really felt like sitting down and you know tapping out a bunch of letters to folks. So this is my response and my thanks to them for thinking of me, for sharing their thoughts and ideas, their encouragement with me. I really appreciate that, and I can't thank you enough for taking the time to write me. Now, you may think that the letters you send me all go into a black hole, but they actually don't. (laughs) I really do care about them. I really do read them, and uh, I consider everything people say to me. And I have to say that some of the people that write to me have written some of the most insightful letters and things I've ever gotten. It's really been something. Over this last month, I've drawn a bunch of different, what you and I would call spoof, comic book covers. Uh, I got sort of caught up recreating comic book covers about two months back. And uh, then I started like, you know, warping them, making them weird, you know, like the way Mad Magazine might do a comic book cover. Anyway, I've done several covers now with Dr. Peepers. Dr. Peepers is a time-traveling fictitious character created by Dean LaCrone. He's kind of a steampunk looking guy. Anyway, he's developed a really cool persona and cool costume for this character, and I've drawn him several times now as Dr. Peepers. I've even sculpted a bust of Dr. Peepers, which sits about five inches tall. You can see that over on my webpage and Facebook, uh, Art Studio and the Writers Club, Artist and Writers Club. Uh, So if you're interested in seeing that sculpture. So I've done a couple things now in tribute to Dr. Peepers, including these cover recreations. I think the the one I really loved was the recreation to Lois Lane number one. What a fantastic drawing that is. Must be a Kurt Swan. It's so beautifully done. Man, it's beautiful. Anyway, redrawing that uh, was an absolute pleasure. I always learn something when I re ink, recreate, redraw someone else's work. The first thing we did in art school was recreate other people's work. Paintings, sculptures, drawings. And so we had to learn the process of how to create that stuff by recreating. It's amazing how much you can learn from recreating. It really is. A lot of people knock it. A lot of people don't appreciate it. Don't call it for what it is. But I think that if you actually spend a couple months, you know, redrawing you know, art from your favorite artists and trying to figure out the techniques they use to achieve the art, I think you would actually learn a lot because I have learned a lot. So art recreation has been something that, again, initially they did it in school to us and now I've been doing it myself and I'm always learning. There's always something to be learned. That's probably one of the most fascinating and fun things about art that there's always room for progress. You know, I felt like in some ways... I've turned the corner on the art 
as far as my physical talent goes, you know, I'm just not willing to or finding the energy for to push even further to get to something else, which you and I would call a better or different style. I'm not sure that's what it is that I'm after. And so I'm pretty pleased with the way I draw. And there's something else now to it, I guess. Uh, it's hard to describe. But I have felt that my art is deteriorating. And I'm not worried about it. I'm sort of reporting it because I see the slip. I think my peak may have been a year or two back. I think my lines were stronger. My ability to ink and draw was a little bit better. And I think actually that I have actually slipped right now at this point. Uh, and again, it just may be a, ra a, a drive and energy as opposed to fa actual di you know, diminishing of my power, so to speak. But my eyesight has been getting worse. And I think my eyesight has contributed to some of the problems with the art. Anyway, I do see deterioration in the art. I knew it would eventually come. And now I have come to that turn. And I guess I have to accept it. I'm still drawing at a super high level and can draw rings around most people I know, <laughs> which whatever, whatever that re means. Uh, but all that personal satisfaction aside, uh, you know, I, I kind of dreaded this day, knew it was coming, prepared for it in some ways. And now that it's here, I'm like, yeah, here it is. Kind of like with my physical skills and athletics. There was a time where I could run 15 miles. <laughs> <laughs> and do it, you know, not even breathing hard, basically. I was in fantastic physical shape. I could run through a brick wall. All that is over. Walking around the mall now gets me winded. I might get injured, you know, sneezing. <laughs> I've actually injured myself with a hard sneeze. So anything can happen and often does. So I think there may have been a slip, just ever so tiny, in my artwork but I can definitely see it in some of the line weights and some of the ways I'm approaching hair and different things. Maybe I've just gotten lazy. Just could be a lack of energy. It's really hard to say. Anyway, still working on my new book. Uh, just finished page seven onto page eight. Uh, it's going very, very slowly, but it is going. I try to do a couple panels a week. So I get a page out a week or so. And things used to go a lot faster, obviously. But again, as I've been describing honestly, the energy and the ambition level is not there and it's different. Now, it might return. Things might go a different way for me. Who knows what could happen? Uh, I'm certainly interested in still drawing and doing stuff. But I have to say, some of the fire has gone out. Or some of the driving ambition, or whatever you want to call it. Perhaps after 70-some books, I've just gotten tired. You know, I, I reach into myself and say, what story do you want to tell? What do you want to talk about, you know, in your books? And I feel like I'm rehashing stuff. But I've been doing that for a while. But there's nothing new to say. No new joke to tell. Nothing that really gets me jazzed. Doing these cover recreations... Uh, has been very motivating, very, you know, exciting for me to do. And that's been something that has gotten me jazzed. That's why I did it. Uh, but you could say, you know, I could have devoted all that time to my book and gotten a lot further along than I have been. But instead, I'm spending my time doing something else.
You know, when it comes to art, I'm going to try to do things that emotionally move me. In other words, causes me pleasure and I want to do it. I'm not going to force myself to do stuff I don't want to do or any of that stuff. I just, there's, there's no point in it for me. I, I don't see it. You know, if there was an end game for it, you know, if I draw this, then this happens, maybe. But forcing myself to do things I don't want to do, draw stuff I don't want to draw, or just repeating myself does not interest me. I hope that I can find something that will help me reclaim my motivation because I don't want to really stop. You know, there's a part of me that says, hey, look how far you've gone. You know, let's not stop. Look how much farther we might be able to go. You know, I could be drawing for another 20 years maybe. You know, so is this really the time to stop? You know, maybe I should be pushing myself even though I don't find it as pleasurable as I once did. Anyway, these are the thoughts that are kind of bouncing around in my head right now. Nothing really determined. No real retrospective thoughts to look back on and offer advice or wisdom. Just sort of describing it as it happens. And I guess one of the good things is, since I have more free time now that I'm not devoting myself to endless art, 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 is I've been doing a lot more reading. And I've really, really enjoyed it. Boy, the difference between a well-written book and a not-so-well-written book is pretty damned amazing. I read a really good book. It's called The Song of Achilles. And it's about the Trojan War, Achilles, the whole thing. For any of those who don't know the story of the Trojan War, I'm not going to repeat it here. But boy, it was a great book. And because we know like Achilles is going to die and Patrocles is going to die, the book has a, such an impending sense of doom coming through it. And you just dread it. But you know it's coming, know it's coming. And that is one of the most awesome parts of the book. Because really it's a love story, the way they wrote it. And the way the woman wrote it, pardon me. And it's just absolutely terrific. I have to say that book had me absolutely spellbound one of the greatest books I ever read. It's everything like a book like Ben-Hur wanted to be. You ever be read Lou Wallace's Ben-Hur? Holy cow. Talk about a drudge. Just trying to get through the, the wording, the way it's written, is hard. And once you get through the, the wording and the way it's written, it's just not that exciting what's going on. You'd think a, a story that exciting would be exciting to read, but it's not. But the Song of Achilles, that was. What a fantastic book. I could not recommend it enough. I've read four or five other books in the past few weeks as well, but that's the one that has stayed with me. What an, what an exceptional, exceptional book. I couldn't recommend it enough. You know, in the midst of reading it, one of the things I do when I'm reading books is I slow down at the end especially if it's a good book, because I want to savor every single moment inside that book, inside that adventure, because I know soon I have to leave it. And it's kind of like taking your time with dessert. <clears throat> I really do take my time with books I love and try to read them a little bit slower as I get to the end so I can enjoy it. And I certainly did that with this book. It was super terrific. Well, I hope you guys are having great times in your art studio. Keep creating. Keep doing your things. Don't get discouraged. I just listened 
or I just read a letter by another guy on Facebook who's quitting it all, who is super discouraged that his art's not selling, that he's not getting anywhere with art. And listen, we all feel this way. Every single one of us in art is frustrated. <laughs> I'm sure there's a few who are not, but I'm sure the great majority majority are because you want more things for yourself, more business, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's really tough when that doesn't happen. I think it's very discouraging for people. I know it's discouraging for me. So I think we're all in the same boat in that respect. And we talked about this in the last show. We're talking about it now. I think a lot of us artists feel similar. Anyway, reading these Facebook posts constantly reminds me that all of us as artists and creative types, we're all sort of in that same boat. And a lot of us will feel lonely and isolated and like it's not worth anymore and why bother. And everybody feels this way. That's the thing to take away from this is that everyone feels this same sort of weird sense of discouragement and not sure what to do next. I mean, how many you know social media outlets can you post your crap on hoping somebody will notice you? It becomes a big pain in the butt and a big waste of time in some respects. Anyway, don't get discouraged if you can help it. And if you are discouraged, try to understand that everybody is experiencing this sort of same similar thing. So you're not alone. You're not an isolated person experiencing this experience. You know, everybody's, everyone's experiencing it. One more thing. I listened to a show the other day where people were homeless. Their house had been sold underneath them, and now they couldn't find a place to live, and they were searching. I'm living in a state now with like 100% occupancy. It is super, super hard to find a place to live. Not just find a place, find any place, any place. Not just a, a place in your town or the place you want to live. It's just hard to find a place to live in Oregon, period. Prices have gone through the roof, occupancy has gone through the roof, and nobody can find a place to live. And so many people are in that boat, in the exact same boat. Anyway, I was listening to these people on a radio show talk about it, and they were absolutely shocked. They found themselves in this position where they're homeless. And look how many people it has happened to, and basically it happened to me. The place I lived was sold out from underneath me. I couldn't find a place to live searching and searching and searching with absolutely no luck and I know many of you who listen to this do not believe in God but I do and I prayed about it and God helped me find a place I swear he helped me because no matter how much I tried and I was you know giving it my all I could not find a place to live and this went on for months and it was super super stressful I got really lucky finding the place to live that I'm currently in uh, nothing's perfect, but I feel very, very lucky that I found this place. Anyway, all of us are in this position. All people are experiencing low wages, difficulty finding a job, a place to live, to find a settled or secure future or position. I think we're all in that boat. I have to say that like 90% of my life is consumed by worry about the future because I don't know what the hell's going to happen and I don't know how to prepare for it. You know, all the things I learned when I was young seem to have fallen by the wayside. Uh, what worked then does not work now, and that's frustrating. So how do I prepare for what I call the uncertain future? And I'm still uncertain how to do that. And it still rattles around in my brain every single day. It's a huge worry, and it's aging me. <laughs> There's no question that stress is, is the great ager. And you can look at a person who go undergoes stress 
and they age amazingly. And I am no exception. It's funny, the biggest year of stress in my life was the year I was 45. And man, the difference between me at 44 and 45, it literally looks like I aged like 15 years. It literally does. Even my hair changed color. So there's definitely something to be said for the effects of stress. I don't know how to avoid it. I don't know how to escape it. I don't know how to fix it. I try to pray about it, hand over my problems to God if I can. But, you know, you have to do your part. You have to take care of everything. And so, you know, every day I get up not sure how to take care of business. And I know that's been really, really scary. That's been going on for quite a long time now. Anyway, you guys, I'll be back in the art studio chatting, talking. Have a great day, and I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.